Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night, this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn. He had this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you got me. Now look at that guy. You only fuck that. Black dude. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J.K. Morris. I have with me tonight on the show one of my favorite motherfuckers out there, the Notorious 187 Homicide. What's going on, man? What's good, Holmes? How you doing, man? Chilling, chilling. And uh, I'm over here watching the World Series. I know that's, that's regular stuff to you, but I haven't watched a baseball game in like 20 years. So, uh, uh, Baseball is awesome, man. It's, 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 it's better than a blunt sometimes, but that's a different story. <laughs> Yeah, so who you got in this this uh, World Series here? I'll be honest with you, man. Um, man, I want the Cubs to win because I'm getting tired of this long history of the 108 um, years. But uh, I got a friend that passed away. Rest in peace. His name is Joe Schmokes. He's from the West Coast. He used to be the producer from um, the WWE. And uh, a really good guy. He passed away. And... It'd be great that the Cubs win today and make them happy at the pearly gates, you know? But the Cleveland Indians, they're yeah. they strong, man. They're tough. Can't sleep on them. Yeah, man. It's a tie game up right now. And uh, I haven't watched baseball in a long, long time. I think the home run race was the last thing I watched from McGuire and Sosa and all that. 
Yeah, man, I'm obsessed with baseball. If I wasn't doing pro wrestling, I'd be a baseball player right now. That's how much I love yeah. the game. What position? Oh, left field. I used to play for Eastern District High School, had a scholarship, but of course, I turned the streets, then education back in 93. Uh, did something stupid, had a scholarship, and I thought it was a joke. I ripped it up, the paper, because it was a letter to to come to the to the school, um, a dean was supposed to um, introduce me to the school, and I thought it was a joke. And he called me two weeks later when I got that mail, and <laughs> I messed I messed everything up. I messed my life. I want I wanted to be a gangster, and that kind of like got me nowhere. So now I just, I just do my G stuff at the ring, you know, beat people up, do what I gotta do, and now I'm a family man. But I'm like Ice Cube, I do comedy movies, but I still got my AK-47 in my basement, so it's all good. You know? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so yeah, man, you got you you know shoulder surgery, right? Yes, it's been uh that right was now, a long time coming. Yeah, man. Like I injured myself when I wrestled Steve Carino. I did a dive. And the dude thought he was Ric Flair, meaning, you know how Ric Flair take a bump in the top rope, when he goes to the top rope, and somebody just, yeah. you know, basically, <laughs> he did the same thing to me. So we had a little a little aggressive few back in the days, and I injured my shoulder. I wrestled for nine years with it, uh, with the injury, and I went to Mexico, and I kind of hurt it, like, really bad, and doctors say, okay, it's time is up, you got to get a surgery. And it's been 15 months right now. Right now, it's not. Uh, I mean, I had a rotator cuff surgery, tear, a little tear, mm. it's healed. You know, right now, I just don't got that strength. But I'm not no Ken Patero, Dino Bravo. I'm not doing no uh, gorilla presses to nobody, so I'm good. All I need is my cardio and, you know, and, you know, survive to the fitness, you know. Yeah. What, what match did you hurt your shoulder on? Do you remember? Was it the if Ring of Honor mistakenly, Yes, it was Ring of Honor. It was... If I'm not mistaken, 2005, Steve Kreiner, it was uh, a venue, if I'm not mistaken, it was uh, with the New York Knicks train at. It was in the West Side Highway, some kind of park, and that's the first time that um, I seen the Havana Pitbulls, you know, and I was feeding with Kreiner. That's when, um, actually, I had a fork that stabbed Kreiner for real, almost to his eyeball, because, like I say, we had beef like that back in the days. Now we are high. We high. We ain't cool. Yeah. We okay. You know, but, yeah, man, it's been nine years after that. I went to Puerto Rico, met up with Ron Killings and, and Conan. He was telling me this project called LEX and TNA. Then I had a hookup with Mick Foley to go to the WWF back in the days. So I had a... At that time, I was on fire, man, and I picked Conan's yeah. um, project. I went to TNA, and I'm happy with my decision, you know. And um, But yeah. with TNA, I was just working very hard and with the injuries. That's why I had tape on my shoulder. And, yeah, I just gave it up after that. And I said, okay, I got to take time off because I was just working every, like, maybe four, four or five times a week. You know, I wasn't given like a uh, like a regular indie shot. Just wrestle like one day, and and that and the next fight will be like the next month afterwards. I was just doing every weekend and sometimes every weekday, and body just couldn't hold it down. And I said, okay, I gotta I gotta take time off, and it took me like a year. I came back last year in November. I wrestled um, 
these two cats from New York City, E-Y-F-O-B. I hope I got their names right. You know, the nasty assassin, the fucking monkey with me, Hernandez. And um, it's funny because you see the pictures, I was smiling. I was just being happy to come back to work, you know. And yeah. I was like, man, I look like a happy G right now. I got to stop smiling, and you know. But it was good, you know. I was just happy to be back. Yeah, now, you know, you did the TNA thing for a while, and, you know, you, and you definitely did it big there, you know, really got your name, you know, exposed to a lot of people that didn't know about you, but, you know, since since all of that's happened and everything, the WWE is just kind of blown up, taking in indie guys with the NXT, you know, explosion, the cruiserweight thing. Do you mm-hmm. see any possibilities of showing up there now that that door is open? Um, I mean, if if... To be honest with you, I really don't know if they're looking at me. They're going to, um, you know, call me. I do got a bunch of friends who right now is in NXT. I got one of my closest friends right now. He's a former champion in NXT. Um, I'm very patient. I'm just waiting for my turn. I'd rather be a coach, to be honest with you. I'd rather do, like, I like to do a couple yeah. of shots two, three times. And, you know, and mm-hmm. after that, I like to move to, to Orlando and become a coach or any any product in the United States, you know. But when it comes to the WWE product, I like to have, like, a couple of matches because that's the only thing I never did is WWE. I never wrestled Masco going. That was one of my goals. And um, I did everything. When I say everything, I did everything except WCW. But if you think about it, TNA is WCW if you look at it like that. Yeah. But um, I'm I'm just happy. I'm just waiting for my time to come in. Um, I was waiting for Lucha Underground, of course. Uh, I hurt my shoulder and that kind of like messed my my turn. So I'm I'm just waiting right now. I'm just doing me right now, doing the indies. Um, having this new project with Joker and Loki. We're doing this Death Squad cartel thing. We're just gonna wrestle all over the United States and. We're going to have new members. It's almost like the Bullet Club, but we're going to be more like, you know, not playing games. They like to laugh. They like to kid around, cocky, but they're very confident. We're just not playing around. We're just going out there. We're just going to hurt people and make some money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys are the craziest shit out there. But, uh, you know, low-key and Joker, you know, I was there at the Jersey All-Pro show in Bayonne, and y'all look fierce out there, motherfucker. Yeah, man. That, and, and the funny thing, it was just a little inside joke, you know what I mean? Because I want I want Joker to come with us, you know, and just travel with us, and you know, things that he never seen in his past, um, his past of his career. And we went to Mexico with Black G's, and we loved it. And that's what we need to do. We need to do so, some more of an international thing. And yeah, that thing with JP man, it was like a little inside joke, but we're gonna take we're gonna take it to another level right now. And like I said, we're gonna have an, uh, new members. We just concentrate on us three right now. Of course, B Boy is one of our boys. We got Eddie Kingston. You know, we're looking for bright stars, and 2017 is gonna be a good year. Yeah, man. Um, so just recently, you were supposed to wrestle at the um the Acid Cup. What what happened with that? I know there was you know a whole bunch of different things with people pulling off and this and that, but what what went on there? Yeah, I had a family issue. You know, I think that's more okay. important. I couldn't concentrate. Sure. Um, having a what you, what you call it, entertaining people, I just go and fight. But I want to be 100% focused, and I wasn't. 
So I missed out, yeah. but this is going to be another um, shot down. I am going to have a little tribute for Turnassin. I got to. You know, before I leave the game, I got to do another tribute for him. But it was a little sure. issue that I was having. Okay. Um, you you returned. Uh, you had, you know, some matches in, in CZW, but you had a big matchup against Gresham recently for the world title. Yeah. Um, Gresham's been tearing it up all over the world. Excellent wrestler. Um, I love the match. What was your thoughts on it? I'll be honest too. Um, I got I got I got fucked over. <laughs> I was supposed to be world champ. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I'm a big fan of John Grissom. I think he got a future. The guy's like one of the best mm-hmm. technical wrestlers in the world. I mean, everybody's talking about people like, you know, Johnny Saint, Stephen Regal, Finn Philly. You know, even the new cats right now. And that is doing this game, but I think uh, Jonathan Grissom should be part of that list right now. And the match I had with Jonathan Grissom, um, I wasn't too thrilled about it. Um, I will have a rematch. It could be any company in the world. It could be somewhere in Alaska or Vermont. I don't care, but I will have a rematch with him. You know, but I think I should have won that world title. Um, it's just kind of funny that these guys be killing each other. They upgrade hardcore matches to ultraviolence, and they complained that my foot was on the ropes. Let's think about this for a moment. My foot was under the ropes, but you got a death match of people putting ball white in their nuts and stapling their tongue and all that crap. But my foot was under the ropes. Crazy. I think those cats in, in the bag smoking too much dirty weed. Yeah, man. Um, and upcoming, too, you got a return match there against uh, Johnny Yuma. Yes. I I, I never heard of him, but the way, the way, I never heard of him. I never seen his work, but, you know, recently um, one of my boys texted me. Um, told me about the the cat, just YouTube it. Of course, I like to YouTube and study matches. I, I'm not the kind of guy that be in the corner of the bodega store, smoke weed and drink. I like to, you know, study people. So I study his matches, and I like this style. You know what I mean? He's very char- yeah. a bit of a charisma kind of guy, you know. I love that he's from the West Coast. I'll be traveling all over the world, especially in the West Coast. I just came back from the West Coast for a promotion called Lutra Extreme. It's a Manny Fernandez uh, promotion, who's my teacher. And um, mm-hmm. I've been wrestling a lot of guys from the West Coast. So we East Coast and West Coast, two different styles. He got a different style. I think CZW fans is going to like him a lot. And, you know, but the one thing is that he's coming to my home turf. Uh, he's coming to the East Coast. And I'm I'm coming out with a W, you know. I mean, he's he's having his debut, and it's good. And hopefully, he will survive. But I'm not gonna be uh, a nice guy, you know what I mean? I'm not gonna be like, well, right. welcome to CZW, welcome to you know the East Coast. I'm gonna be like, when he comes, when he goes home, he's gonna be like, I wrestle Homicide, and I know why Homicide is one of the dangerous men in professional wrestling. That's what I'm looking yeah. at right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've been booked pretty consistently in CZW, which is is a great thing. In the past, you know, you were kind of on and off of CZW. You know, your schedule was mm-hmm. crazy, and, and maybe they just weren't consistent on trying to, you know, get you on the shows. Um, do you think that's going to be a, you know, consistent thing in the near future as far as you being in CZW? Yeah, I really hope so. You know, like um, I've been in CZW back in the days. I mean, I wasn't a full-time member. 
You know, I was feuding right. with Trent Asset at the time. You know what I mean? It was good. I love the Hungry Cats back in the days, even though they did the ultraviolet kind of thing. But um, as for now, it's a new product, a new era. You know, and I like to to compete with CZW and also to have a title. I, I, you know, I'm all about the gold. Right in the back of the days, I didn't care. Now I'm all about the gold. So, like I said, I got screwed over from the CZW World Title, so I deserve to have a couple of competition coming up. And I'm kind of happy this cat from the West Coast, you must come to the East Coast and CZW debut because it's gonna be good. So yeah, yeah. I hope you um got a bright future. But right now I'm like a Rod, man. Contracts and money, let's talk. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, you, speaking of CZW titles, um, you actually just filled in for Virgil, which is the craziest substitution I ever heard. Is you it? Virgil supposed to wrestle, <laughs> and then we we get homicide, which is way better. <laughs> um, so Uber's Joey Janela, who's you know over there holding the Wired title, um. What was your thoughts on the match with Janela? I loved it. I mean, this is scary, man. He reminded me of Torn Acid. Like, I don't know what it is, but I got in a ring, and um, I know I heard about the bad boy, George Janela. Like, he got a bright future. Do is tough. Don't, don't judge the cover from his looks. Look like a like a guy that's from the Backstreet Boys or something like that, like NSYNC. But he's tough, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, it, like I say, it was scary. He reminded me like Trent Acid, and back in the day, Trent Acid he had the biggest star and and a great survival, and the rest of competition. Mm-hmm. That's why I love feuding with him, and I seen Janela with that, and yeah, man, that guy got. And the funny part is that um, I didn't give him the cop killer because I know if I give it to him, he will be knocked out. But one of my secondary finisher is a clothesline big lariat. He kicked out out of that. And I hit him hard. When I say I hit him hard, I think I I hit him so hard that his balls came out because I don't play around with my <laughs> lariat. I got to make Stan Hansen happy, you know. Then yeah. I hit him with a pod driver, a Terry Funk pod driver. You know, when when you get a Terry Funk pod driver, you're going to have a, a neck problem. Then after that, of course, it was one of my submission finishers, the STF, and I do it. I grinch mm-hmm. it very hard, and he passed out. He didn't tap out, and that got me like, oh, okay, it's like that. All right, I see you in the future. So damn well we're gonna have a rematch. Like I say, it could be anywhere. It could be in CZWJP. It could be Vermont, Utah. I don't give a damn. It's, we're gonna have a rematch. The cat got a bright future, and I'm gonna see him again. Yeah, this has got to be the first time you've ever substituted for Virgil, right? Yeah, yeah. At first, I thought it was a prank. Like, seriously, Virgil? I'm talk- you talk about Million Dollar Man Virgil, like Mr. Fuck Money? Well, I took his fuck money. He should have came, you know what I mean? But I guess he didn't want that money. I take it, you know? So, and I had a good match. I was happy in the, in the end. So, every everybody was a winner. And I hope the yeah. fans... Was you know they liked it more of the showing homicide than Virgil, you know what I mean? And I know yeah, Joe Janela, he was gonna sleep on on Virgil. I mean, I was gonna sleep on him too if I fight Virgil. But I think when he heard about homicide coming in on the open challenge, and it was like, oh man, okay, it's like that. I right, I gotta I gotta survive this. And like I say, he didn't he didn't quit. He didn't tap. Yeah. He didn't quit. So I was very impressed by him. But I still got that W. Mhm. Um, this year you got to wrestle Dan Severn. What was that like? 
that's another like seriously like <laughs> I mean that yeah. sermon is like first of all I had I still had my, my shoulder was healing I had a brace on and um I called somebody I know I was talking to Missy Sampson I was like man I'm about to, this guy's gonna end my career this guy looks like a high school teacher but we get to the ring that's it man it's a wrap you know it's like going to war. So, of course, you know, I got in the ring with him. I mean, it was an honor, a pleasure. He's a legend when it comes to, like, UFC, any kind of MAA. He's a former NWA heavyweight champion. And I lost that day. He kind of threw me around. Now I know why he's the beast. He's the original beast. Everybody talking about Brock Lesnar, he is a beast. But let's be real. Dan Sermon is a beast. I don't know how mm-hmm. old he is. Like I say, he's like a high school teacher. He looked like a nerd. But when you get in a ring with him, it's like you better be ready because he's gonna hurt you. And yeah, man, it was it was five minutes of a fight, you know. And I got the L, but I had the greatest like feedback from Terry Funk, who's one of my heroes. So it was an honor to fight Dan Serving that day. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a, that's a matchup I didn't expect to see in 2016. Yeah. Me either, man. I'm telling you, everybody's, like, calling me, like, hey, man, would you want to do Dan Servant? Would you want to take place Virgil? I'm like, what? Seriously? I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting for somebody to call me for a ball wine match against Tito Santana. I'm like, you must be ripping me right now. Like, come on now. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, you know, we got this crazy political race, man. Next week they're going to elect a new president. What do you think about all this crazy shit? I've been quiet, man. I've been very quiet about this. I think this country is going to be ugh, not that great. You know, like I'm looking for um, um, somebody that protect this country from a war. You know, I don't want no Russia or the people from the Middle East nuke us with bombs and having a nasty war like another World War Three. We got Donald Trump, who's a very aggressive kind of guy. He'd be like, fuck it, I'm just going to press the button. He throws the button. What happens? Other countries be like, okay, it's like that. Then we're going to bomb you, United States, because Americans are the bad guys in the world. Then yeah. Hillary Clinton, who I think is weak, you know, and, of course, she lies so much. I think it doesn't matter. Who, I, in my opinion, we're going to lose no matter what. I know a lot of people is voting for Donald Trump. I respect their opinion. Some of them I don't because some of them, they act like wrestling fans. Like, oh, this guy's a heel. This guy, come on. You got to see the big picture, you know what I mean? Like, look at the inside. Stop thinking like, oh, this guy's a heel. Like, he reminds me like, I don't know, like Hulk Hogan when he was Hollywood Hogan with his mouth. Then you got Hillary Clinton who's a a, a liar. Like, it's going to be bad, man. Just get ready for anything. That I was prepared for anything, so... I'm just getting ready for anything that happens. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy stuff, man. I I've never seen an election like this. I mean, the, the way that they're going back and forth, and especially you know some of the wild stuff Trump says. I mean, it's yeah. But I did hear <laughs> Killer Mike, who's a great politician. He says something that kind of like like opened my eye. Like, oh, we had Richard Nixon, we had Ronald Reagan, we had people like you know George Bush who messed up the country. So if those two idiots is going to be president, we could survive this because look at the past, especially Nixon. I wasn't there for the 60s, but I heard a lot of tough stories about Nixon. I was there with George Bush Jr. I was living in Florida, and I remember the gas prices went $5. I'm like, damn, you know, I'm making money, but still $5? Like, this is crazy. 
crazy. Then, of course, the gun laws and everything. It's just a mess. So when Killer Mike say that, it's kind of like, okay, I hope he's right, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy stuff. Um, So there's been, like, a recent trend. That, I mean, it's it's gone, you know, further and further, but it seems like there's a whole lot of wrestlers out there that start with the GoFundMe pages, and then um, I got this other guy that's, that's out uh, – yeah, mid south wrestler. He keeps hitting up people like fans for money and shit. I mean, what's your thoughts on cats that are are doing that type of thing and, and you know peddling for money in the wrestling business? I I don't know, man. Like I got no sad feelings about that. You know what I mean? If I see somebody going through a struggle, whatever, I'm gonna call you and be like, hey man, I, I want to support you. What you need? Okay, here's some little dough. Go fund pages. I don't know. To me, it's like you telling the fans, "Hey, man, like I'm begging for you, give me some money or give me this." Like I don't know. I'm not a big fan of that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I like I'm a private kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? Like if I see someone going through a trouble, I'm gonna call that person. If that person said like, "Yo, I need like a neck surgery or I, I just had a, a mild stroke," you know what I mean? And I did this kind. Of, I'm gonna donate. I'm gonna I'm gonna hook you up, but. If you're going to put on blast for social network for everybody, I'm not a big fan of that. I'm a private kind of guy, you know what I mean? Like, that's like having yeah. attention. You want attention, you know? So it's all good, you know what I mean? Like, I like, I respect the shit out of Sabu. Sabu is one of my favorite guys in the wrestling business. You know, he's a cool cat, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But I'm not a fan of the go fund, whatever the hell that is, you know? Yeah. It, to me, like, when I get drunk, I call it the gofuckyourself.com. So... I'm not. Yeah. I, I'm not a big fan of that. You know. Yeah. Um. So uh, there's also a, another trend in wrestling. It seems to be real big. Is like the the Joey Ryan. I think he might have got it kicked off. But like the gay spots. The you know everybody's grabbing a dick these days and <laughs> <laughs> shit is wild as hell, man. Like I'm with it, man. A lot of fans like it and find it entertaining. But but what's your thoughts, man? I, I I think it's I don't like it. I'm like let someone grab my dick. Let's see what happens. I'm gonna take <laughs> the eyeballs out. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. It, 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 you said it the best. Some fans love it. Joey Ryan is one. He's one of the most uh, underrated kind of guys. Very entertaining. I don't get it. I really don't. Me and Black G talk about this all the time. Like I don't get it. You know what I mean? Like I just had I just seen a video of Juju Thunder Liger doing a spot with that. You know, and yeah. like, you got like about ten wrestlers lined up touching anus and all this. I don't know, man. Like Liger, he, he he's a a legend. I respect the crap out of him. But if he tells me, "Hey, man, can you grab my balls?" Hell, dog, get out of here! If I put you back in Jupiter where you came from, get off. I'm not down with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, a, it's yeah. entertaining. You know what I mean? To some fans, some fans they feel disgust about it. Like, ugh, you know. I used to be very bad back in the days when it comes to, like, gays. You know, now I woke up, I've grown up. I accept everybody. Right. I got a few cats that are gay, and I respect them. But when it comes to things like that, like, hey, man, can I grab your balls? No, no you can't. Nah. The only balls that, that they're going to touch is my wife, and nobody's going to do it. No. I ain't trying to yeah. hear that. So I don't, I don't get that, man. I really don't. But, hey, man, it's entertaining. If the fans like it. Hey, well, that's that's cool for them. They're a bunch of freaks, but hey, <laughs> it's cool with them. Yeah, yeah. It, no, <laughs> since you mentioned the uh, you know 
you you change your you know your acceptance of of gay people a little bit. What what do you think uh, like a Lawrence Taylor would think of Odell Beckham these days? I think he will smack the crap out of him, bro. Like I think he <laughs> yeah. will. I think he would do his little weed, little crack in the corner. He sees he sees some head and shoulders, kind of whatever he's doing, and he's gonna come up and spear him like Goldberg style, or smack the shit out of him like a back smack, not even front smack, backhand smack, smell his knuckles. LT don't mess around back in the days, you know. He he was running back in the days, you know. And I really think. Well, all this attention going on with the New York Giants, because that's what's going on. It's like a, a media circus right now with this. I think LT will do something about it, you know, and I wish it was back to, like, 86. He would do something about yeah. it, but I don't know, man. It, it, it's, hey, man, just catch the boy and win. You know, do all that little ding-ding you do, but it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, I don't know. Like, I mean, he's he's a great wide receiver. He's able to do some some real good things athletically. But I don't know, man. It's, that's like the biggest joke for you know, as a Niner fan. That's like gold to me to be on somebody else's team. People, yeah, you know, man. Joke with the I, Niner I think... gay shit because it's San Francisco. But man, the Giants got a a target on their back with that right now. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I, I think and, controversial sales. We got, we got like. And they call the G man. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> man. Well, I think, I think I'm not saying that they're gonna win the Super Bowl because I'm more of a baseball guy. But when it comes to football, I'm a, I'm a Giants and a Raiders guy. And when it comes to the Giants, you know, like I say, it's a media circus. I just want them to win the the NFC East ch- title. You know, and right. I think OJ is gonna be like, look at it, I'm gay, but I got this trophy. He could kiss all my asses. <laughs> you know, people be like, nah, man, we good. <laughs> so back <laughs> yeah. up with that. Just win. You know what I'm saying? Just catch the ball, win the ball. Start with this media because in baseball we had A Rod. He was throwing media circuits around. Everybody hates A Rod. You know, because he cheated, he lied, and blah, 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 and all this crap. And right now, I mean, A-Rod on the down low, he's a very smart baseball guy with knowledge. I mean, you could check him out on Fox Sports when him and Pete Rose is going at it. And this dude is awesome when it comes to, like, knowledge. So I'm hoping Beckman, he does the same thing with great knowledge. And stop with the media attention, like, beating up, well, not really beating up, the net beat him up. You know, doing yeah. all this stupid stuff, you know, like in the bathtub, and it's just crazy, man. It's real crazy. <laughs> yeah, that dude's wild, man. Um, so, it, yeah, I mean, what do you think the Giants' chances are this year? I mean, you know, the the Cowboys caught fire. You know, they got the rookie quarterback. I mean, their starters on the bench, and and they're they lost one game. Um, the Eagles look like they were looking good. I mean, what do you think the NFC East is looking like right now? The NFC is always tough, you know. Everybody's just battering. I mean, we don't know who's gonna be in last place. We don't know. Like last year, it was the it was the Redskins. We didn't knew like the Redskins really first place. We thought it was yeah. like maybe the Cowboys and Eagles. You know what I mean? And and for this year, it's gonna be another tough run. I mean, everybody is thinking that the Cowboys who's six and one. I mean, they're gonna play the Cleveland Browns, and you know how the Browns play. They're gonna be seven one. <laughs> With with the 
Giants, they just need confidence from themselves. Start with this stupid thing going on. Like Eli Manning is doing these um, interviews. He's not concentrating on his ball game. You know, he's not doing anything outside of pocket. He's just staying there. He, he's he's a, a quarterback quarterback. You know what I mean? He's not like a college football quarterback. Then you got the Eagles yeah. who just confuse. You want to be good or you want to be bad? You know, like, like make your mind. They always play bad. They're like the Cubs of football. You know, always complaining, like, oh, we never win. Like, come on, just just go with that, <laughs> you know, humble win. But they're not humble. They always talk smack, you know. Never yeah, back it do. up. But, hey, man, good luck. And Cowboys, same thing with Cowboys. You know, Cowboys are bad, you know, when it comes to uh, trash talking. But they got this rookie um, running backer who's a beast. And also you got Dak in the quarterback. I think they put Romo. That would be so stupid. Jerry Jones should be like fire or something should happen to this guy because he's messing the team up. The other coach got the Redskins. They put him back. And, yeah, the Red, nobody's talking about the Redskins. Like nobody. So you don't talk about nah. a team. Somehow they're a sleeper. They're gonna come on and be like, "Hey guys, we in first place," and that's what happened last year. Because nobody was talking about the Redskins, and it was first place last year. Kerry Cousins, mm-hmm. man, he's. Back to forward, you know, like I don't know if he's gonna play good, he's gonna be how he's gonna be cold. He's he's another confused guy, just like the Eagles. They confuse. Yeah. Do you think Eli's got another ring in him before he's done? I think he does. I really think so. Um I don't know it's gonna I don't know it's gonna be this year, next year, but I think he's gonna have a third ring. Um the, the Giants, they never play like a team that was 16-1, 16-2, they always, like, be a team that's 9-5 or 9-6, mm-hmm. win the wild card, and out of nowhere, like the Redskins, they sleepers, and they win the world title. They did it in 86, 1990. They recently uh, won it with the Patriots. You know, everybody was talking about the Pats, like, oh, they're undefeated, and boom, the Giants beat them, you know. Yeah. So I think, I think it might happen. Yeah, Eli's not dominant, but he knows how to turn it up down the stretch if they're hanging around. Yeah, man. He, I'm telling you, he's a quarterback, quarterback. Him and his brother, they're going to be coaches or owners of the future when when their careers are really done in the NFL. They're going to take time off, and you're going to see the uh, Eli and Penny be owners or coach. I can see it. Because they're like, a, they're like yeah. a quarterback, quarterback, like a perfect quarterback that's supposed to be. Like, don't run the pocket. Don't do, like, anything like a shotgun, wild, coast, whatever you want to call it. Then Nothing like that. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Who do you think's taking it this year as far as, you know, the NFL? Obviously, the, the Patriots are hot. Um, we are. But... We're hot. This, man, it's it's crazy because I've been watching, um, I, you know, after today, i am be closely watching the NFL as my pick mm-hmm. right now, I think it's not going to be the Pats. The Pats is looking for yeah. revenge because what happened last year. It's like a storyline. So what's happening is, like, they're going to go to the Super Bowl. And for the N- NFC um, team, uh, pfft, man, it could be the Cowboys. I hate to say it. It could be the Cowboys because that damn quarterback. It could be the Eagles, too. But the Eagles, they always choke. They're like the Cubs. Right now they're winning, but, yeah. you know, you never know what can happen in the end. Yeah, I don't think the Eagles are ready. Yeah, I don't think the Eagles are ready. I mean, some of the some of the games that those Falcons have put up, man, they're offensive beasts. Um, not so much defensively, but they're a team to watch out for. 
Yeah, I mean, with the Eagles, I talk crap about the Eagles, like how bad they are, and I'll be joking around, but they're very uh, a tough team. They're just looking for something. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's, it's a quarterback or their nickel defense. I know they got a good special team, but it's something they're missing. And when they get that, they're going to be unstoppable. But right now, they're just confused. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, going back to, you know, what this is all about, Jersey All-Pro, 20-year anniversary coming up. Um, Absolutely. I mean, what, what's your thoughts going into that, man, the 20 years? Man, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. To me, it's like WrestleMania. I don't know how it feels about WrestleMania, but when WrestleMania comes, it's like the Super Bowl. You know, I can't wait. I've been working with Jersey All Pro since um, I know they September 12th of 1997. I've seen it all. It was kind of funny too because at the time when ECW was around, they were so hot. You know, we wanted to be like ECW. At that time, I was a small guy. You know, I was a hood guy, Fat Frank. He likes to bring the outlaws, the misfits, something different. And um, yeah, man, I said, let me do this. Hardcore thing, you know. At the time, I was doing a lot of ball wire matches, a lot of street fights, and everything. And here comes CZW, they upgrade their ultra violence. <laughs> so we stopped. And after that, I was yeah. going back to the NWA because I love the NWA. I was doing hard hitting, you know, I was making sure I was giving a message to. To upcoming wrestlers back in the days, look, man, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I'm from the streets. You know, if I can make it, everybody can make it. And Jersey All Pro helped my career. You know, um, Rita Von looked at me and Jersey All Pro. I got picked up. Big Japan Pro Wrestling looked at JAP. I got picked up. Zero One Pro Wrestling. All over the the world, I got picked up. So Jersey All Pro is my home fan, and we had a gr- I had a great run since '97, and now we're doing this anniversary 20 years, and I just wish Fat Frank was there to see it. You know, like last year we had an anniversary with Loki vs. Rey Mysterio, and he's the one that called uh, Rey Mysterio and Loki about the main event, and you know, Tragic came, passed away, rest in peace. You know, so of course. Um, especially in my career, I'm dedicating my career to Bobby Lombardi, who's also a doghouse wrestling school. I started in New York, and also Fat Frank, because this is going to be his show. A lot of tributes is going to happen. Great card, too, man. Like, I'm not oh, here yeah. like a promoter. It should be a promoter job to promote, but, you know, we got Black G's and B-Boy for the world title. Black G's, he did some gangster stuff. He's like, lightweight title? All right, y'all cool. He got rid of it. And he called yeah. um, the the powers to be. He told them, look, I want the world title. You got no world champion. I want it. And I'm not going to lie. G's was the longest range champion. Um, people like Kenny Omega, Chuzathan, the Liger, Loki had the belt. He's part of that greatness. So he wants to go to another level. He wants to be the world champion. But B-Boy who's also, he's no joke, you know, he's one of my guys, too, you know what I mean, like, can't sleep on B-Boys, he's coming from the West Coast, and he wants something, he wants that world title, but, you know, if I got to pick, you know, I pick B-Boy, he's one of my boys, but can't sleep on Black G's, you know what I mean, because right now, right. he's going to be on fire, you know, like, everybody needs to keep an eye on this cat, you know, he's the Mr. 215, you know, and he, G's a sleeper, he's an underrated, so you got mm-hmm. those two, 
you also got the Lucha Libre Rules match. You got Drago and uh, uh, Aerostar um, the um, Trooper A promotion. I guess the E-Y-F-O-B. I hope I got that right, man. I'm sorry, man, but I always made... I love those guys, but I always messed up their names. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. those two cats from New York City, you know what I mean? The uppercomers, you know what I mean? We talk about Lucha Libre style. They know the Lucha Libre style. They, they, they're they the top tag teams right now in professional wrestling, and they got to take notice, you know? So I'm picking on those cats, you know? I'm picking the underdogs right now, you know? And it's time for they to go to worldwide and show the world who are they, you know what I mean, then, of course, you got this Legends match, you know, I like Legends, old school cats, you know, you got Magic, uh, Crazy Ivan, and Jay Lover um, versus people like Derange, uh, Dixie, a little, uh, and Saint Dragon, you know, I love the old school stuff, yeah. uh, you know what I mean, then, of course, you got the big steel cage match, with myself, a Loki versus the Hit yeah. Squad, Master Mac and Mafia, and a lot of people are telling me like your homicide man, why you took Loki's spot? You know why? Why you on his side? Standing Master Mac, me and Master Mac, we were, uh, actually he's my student, not only friends, the Loki and Master Mac and all of them, they're my students. But hey man, like back in the days, can't trust in the Hit Squad. They're like the Dudley Boys of the of JP. When I say Dudley Boys, I'm talking about ECW Dudley Boys. You know what I mean? And Master yeah. Mac and Loki, they got an issue. I got an issue yeah. with Moff, you know what I mean? And I think it's that yeah. time, basically, in their careers. And me and Loki, we had an argument because I'm telling them, like, nah, I got a better idea. Because what Loki wants to do is end their careers. What I want to do is end their Moff's career and let Master Max watch their Moff's be in the hospital with a feeding tube. But, you know, they don't want that because I think I'm too... You know, out of control. Man, screw that. This is the anniversary. Right. I'm going all out. Then, of course, you got Joker. You know, you know Joker. I guess Kyle the Beast. Kyle the Beast. You know, he got a future too. He wanted upper commerce, but don't sleep on the Joker. That guy, he's a savage. He's like an assassin, yeah. but he's one of those assassins that go to other countries and he will kill women and kids. He, he's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, Right now, without that face paint, he's he's like a nice guy. But when you put that face paint on, just beware. And if I get into a bar fight, I need Joker in my side. You know, so I'm happy with yeah. this thing we're going on with myself, Joker, Loki. You know what I mean? If we're going to control this yeah. anniversary, that's going to be our thing. We're going to go ape shit. And, you know, there's other matches, like I say, other matches that's involved. You know, you got a CZW match with Matt Trima, DJ High. They're wrestling. I don't know what's going to happen. I think they're going to bring the ultra violence to Tarawi, New Jersey. You also got the Wrestle Pro mm-hmm. match with Pat Buck and Kevin Matthews versus the Private Party. They're from House of Glory. Yo, it, I'm telling you, everybody's talking about UFC, man. I think... I think Jersey Old Pro, they're going to have a good car and they're going to have a great show, you know what I mean? Especially, you know, afterwards, you know, what's going to happen in that cage, you know? So it's going to be a great day. That yeah, day. man. Yeah, that whole main event, that whole cage match is also, I mean, you guys have been through wars all over the place. This year, you even wrestled them beyond. Uh, I mean, you guys have been warring all over the place for years and years. That whole main event is going into the Jersey All Pro Hall of Fame, too. What's that, what's that going to feel like, man? It's going to feel 
I'm very thankful. It's going to be emotional uh, factors that in the beginning, like, I really didn't want to be involved because I feel like I got to come to rule. When you become a Hall of Famer, you retire. You're done. I still got some, you know, fuel in my tank. You know, I like to go and have my last run or whatever you want to call it to be satisfied to retire. So after this Hall of Fame, I'm not retired. You know, but I'm very thankful, right. and I just wish Frank, Fat Frank, was there, you know, to to, yeah. to just be a witness, you know what I mean? Because because of him, you know, I I mean I was a star in New Jersey because of him, so that's the only thing that um is gonna be a little bit emotional, and I don't care about my students, you know, like <laughs> I don't care, like I love low key and low man. It's going to be one of those emotional days. I don't know what to say. I mean, of course, thank you for the fans. Thank you for, for, for the people that possibly, but especially people like Bobby, Bobby Lombardi and Fat Frank. You know, and I know we give me a, a live mic. You never know what's going to happen. And it's going to be one of those days I'm going to have a live mic. And, of course, it's going to be a lot of thank yous, but I'm going to say something that's going to come out to the heart. Yeah. I just, yeah, just sure. got to be a little easy because I'm I'm the kind of guy be like taking it real, but it goes wrong. So I got to be easy. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's well deserved, man. When you think about Jersey All Pro, you know, back in the day, it was it was the low key, the homicide, the squad. So I mean, it's only fitting that you guys are right there up top. You know, following Fat Frank being inducted last year makes all the sense in the world, man. If anyone's gonna be in, it, it's got to be you guys. Yeah, man, I thank you for that. I mean, like, at first, I, I didn't see it like that. And, then, of course, everybody was telling me about it. And my boy, Steven from Brooklyn, he was, like, basically screaming at me, not telling me, like, kidding me, deserving, and, you know, telling me my history that I got no clue because sometimes I just, like, just don't care. You know, I just don't see anything about history. Then one day I look at the history, I'm like, wow, okay. You know, I'm very thankful. You know, and like I say, that day is going to be a very emotional day. And, you know, I got a life mic. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, you're a New York guy. And, um, you know, they brought down, um, they're saying like a bunch of rules are going to change and laws are going to change for the New York independence. Um, what's your thoughts about all that stuff? And what do you think it's going to do to New York wrestling scene? I think it's confusing. I think it's stupid. I mean, I've seen the book. I've seen the rule book. And one of them, I'm just not a fan of it. It's going to be very hard. It could be good, a good thing for professional wrestling because there's like 25 promotions in, in New York City. We got five boroughs. That's like Philadelphia. You got like, you know, you, you know the Northeast, the South Philly, you know. But imagine you got 25 um, promotions, maybe like 15 miles apart. Uh, and it's crazy. It's very crazy. So I think it, it might be a good thing because we, we should have – like the main two or the main three companies in New York City. And right now, um, House of Glory, they're like the number one promotion in, in New York City. You know, then you go to Long Island, you got your NY, they receive the New York Wrestling Connection. That's Mike Whipper crew and everybody. Um, mm-hmm. But when it comes to these stupid rules, man, like, like what I heard, it, it's going to hurt a lot of people just having a chance, and they got to work harder. I mean, it is a good thing because I'm talking to, like, a veteran. As a veteran, it's a good thing because people are going to work hard. They're going to train harder, and they're going to do anything to get on that big promotion. Now, if I was talking like a like a greenhorn, like a rookie, I'd be like, it's messed up. It's going to be kind of hard. Everybody's going to miss out. 
wrestling. Wrestling's going to be horrible, you know, for New York. So I'm looking at 50-50. I just think the rules when it comes to the financial department is just really greedy and stupid when it comes to that New York State African Commission. But there's, there's a reason that it's happening. I don't know if it's because the UFC company coming to New York. I don't know if it's the new Senate. It's something that involves with the political party in New York City, and New York State, actually. So I just look at it 50-50. I think it would be good for wrestling, for people who um, work harder. Then I'm looking more of the financial state. It's bad. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's definitely going to change some things. I don't know if it's going to push more, uh, more of that, uh, that you know, the companies towards New Jersey. I know New Jersey. Um, I mean, they have some rules too, but they've been in play for a little bit longer, so yeah. they're getting away with a lot more. Well, back in the days, um, it was pretty bad. We need to go like get a license, like a driver license. We we did like you know physical um a physical test all this you know dumb thing and of course um pay a fee every every year and we had a rule book you know but I think they just upgraded made it more uh a more of a problem or just made it more intense when it comes to the rule book so of course everybody went to New Jersey I was one of them. I went to New Jersey, I became a star because in New Jersey, they had, really, they had no laws. It's just like whatever, you know what I mean? And when mm-hmm. I went to New Jersey, that's when I met cats from Philadelphia, you know, people from Florida. Like, I just knew there was wrestling out there, so it was kind of good for myself, you know. But there's a lot of guys in New York City, they're going to leave um, New York and try to make a company or have a career in New Jersey. So 20, 2017 is going to be a very interesting year for, for cats that want to become a pro wrestler and they can make it because of the rule book. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I, I think I covered pretty much everything I wanted to get at. Um, is there anything else you want to put out there, you know, plug, whatever? Um, Yeah, man, Um, plugs, um, November 12th, Broadway, New Jersey, net. You know, also you got November 19, com. I'm doing a couple of shots in Chicago. It's called the AAI Pro Wrestling in Chicago. They're like the, the rising star of pro wrestling right now. Um, I'm I'm going to do big things right now. Death Scar Cartel, myself, Joker, the Loki, we're doing big things. And um, just support pro wrestling. Yeah, man. Uh, Chicago's up 5-1, the bottom of the fifth, man. You think this is a wrap? Man, that's what I love about baseball, because you never know what can happen. That's like that fight with um, Roddy Rousey and that chick name, who she got knocked out. Everybody thought Rousey yeah. was going to win. Dude. She got knocked the fuck out. I was like, oh, shit, what just happened right here? It's the same thing with Anderson Silva. Remember that fight? Everybody was in shock with that fight. But it was good for yeah. him because he was cocky, you know. So, like I said, man, if Chicago wins, and I'm going to Chicago Friday, it's going to be a ridiculous traffic jam. It's going to be very bad. And, of course, cats like Cole Cabana, CM Punk, my boy, rest in peace, Joe Smoke, Adam Pierce, they're going to be very happy. So, I'm going yeah. to be having phone calls tonight and see how happy they are. Oh, one more thing. Um, what do you think about this rap game right now? Who who are you who are you listening to? Are you messing with any of this shit? 
Nah, man. Like uh, I call it skinny jeans rap. You know what I mean? I don't like yeah. especially a little yucky, yucky. That's what I call it, yucky. I hate them, man. But this, I don't, I don't care if that's a promotion deal where you just saying, oh, Tupac and Big are corny. They whack. Like, do you whack? Yo, nah. But I still listen to the 90s. I'm still a big Wu-Tang Clan fan. Like, I wish I was a yeah. wrestling member of a Wu-Tang. But as right now, as we speak, as the new era is Joe Tease. I think he's on straight fire. He's part of the Slaughterhouse. You know, of course, you got mm-hmm. Kendrick Lamar, Schoolboy, uh, Schoolboy QD. Um, who else? Uh, man, they, they, Uncle Murder. I listen to underground hip hop. That's where the music right. is. The underground hip hop. You know what I mean? I can't listen to these commercial hip hop from any. I just can't, I can't deal with this, man. I just turn the shit off, man. I rather listen to country music. I'm not big on country music, but I'm for real. It's so bad that you need to hear country music. But for now, yeah. Um. Joe T's and this kind of band bodega. I think he's down with the ASAP mob. You know, like he he's cool. You know, but okay. whatever is Wu Tang and Biggie my deep. I love my '90s hip hop. I still I'm an old head. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'm all about that '90s, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that shit. But yeah, man. Um, thanks for coming on again. I mean, you're welcome anytime, dude. You're one of my favorite people to talk to. So. Thank you, bro, and good luck with your 49ers, man. I know you and the Samoans yeah. are pretty upset about this year, but hey, man, oh, y'all going to do good next year. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be starting with a new quarterback. New, Oh, man, it's we got a lot of changes to make. <laughs> you need a new a coach, man. This cat, though, like, I'm going back to the West Coast. And look at what's going on. I was surprised. Like, I didn't know that it was going to be like, what, one and six? Come on now. Oh, like, yeah, man. I, I think it's Chief Kelly, man. We battled the Browns like, for that. Oh, uh, um, we didn't talk about the Browns. The Browns right? for so that number one spot. Yeah, Cleveland, Cleveland is uh, feeling like the Browns right now. Yeah, so. man, they're, they're down. So, yeah, uh, man, but good yeah, luck to your thing, man. Year. Yeah, man, I'll, I'll definitely see you, Jersey Opera, man. All right, bro. See you then. All right, thanks. One. So there you go. There's the notorious 187 homicide. Like I said, one of my favorite cats to talk to. I mean, it's just easy to share with him. Um, good cat. And uh, about to be Jersey All-Pro Hall of Famer. So uh, that that's what's going on. Uh, let me take a break, come back, and hit some other shit up. Gonna swarm, swarm, brainstorm. Yep, yep. 
it takes a leech to the tangle so you could get strangled from any angle. Cause I get buck on duck. All the sexy girlies wanna push up close to the man with the most who don't flaunt his ego. Some motherfuckers ain't as gifted. Not everyone can move the crowd and uplift it. You swift with the shit like a bullet's trajectory. So don't stand next to me. It's like a warm sensation when my shells hit. You were wrong, you know what you did, so you fell quick. To the pavement, no signs of body movement. See, I knew it, yo, I had to do it. And it's cool to do, but don't slip up, fool, cause I'ma leave you dead and sinking like a cesspool. And all the chicks know what's going on, cause baby, there ain't no sunshine when I'm gone. And you can beg for me to stay in parlay, but sorry, I got to go, got bills to pay. See, by nature, I'm godly. When I touch the mic, it's never too hard for me to let out a mass amount of mad cloud. <laughs> me and my gang's gonna swarm, swarm, brainstorm. Might be bigger than me, so I'ma wet ya. Coming to your house to douse it with the Molotov cocktail. I won't fail. Burn out your eyeballs and leave a note in Braille. So what the fuck you gonna do? Yeah, I know I used to act relaxed, but now I'm cuckoo. Coming to my darkest deepest thoughts. We fought, I won. And now you're caught in being tortured. Water palace strips up on your forehead. Yeah, so um, look, I I went back to the Bronx Zoo on Sunday. I made my return trip there. Now, one of my main reasons for going back was because they got Tiger Cubs, and they, I guess, you know, sh- uh, started showing them to the public only like two weeks after I went last time. So I'm like, I got to go back, man. They got fucking Tiger Cubs and shit, right? Guess who didn't see fucking Tiger Cubs on Sunday? <laughs> All right, so here, here's what here's what happened. Now, plan was, now, initially, uh, we were going to go there with the whole family and everything. And then, because um, last time, you know, I went, my, my major, my main attraction is always the gorillas. Because I could watch them all day, man. They're just, they're so fucking entertaining. And um, especially, especially Ernie, he's the, the big silverback. Motherfucker's big as shit. Um He's like double the size of every gorilla there. Um, and I actually got a little history on him. Um, he's he was uh, he's 32 years old, and um, oh man, I forget where he was born. Um, I had the whole history written down somewhere, but uh, I didn't actually I didn't write it down. I read it and then I uh, forgot it. So uh, he was born in one zoo and he stayed there for a, a, a while, and then I think he moved to Tennessee, and then um, then he moved here like I think like six years ago or seven years ago or some shit like this. And um, he's been, you know, the main part of their breeding program. And uh, he, it's him in there and it's, I think like five females. And then they got, they all have babies. So there's like five babies in there. And um, which I didn't, what I didn't know was um, we also, we don't, as far as the U.S., we don't take gorillas from the wild anymore. Um, all gorillas that are born or are in zoos are um, born within the United States from other gorillas in the United States. So, um, so that's that's pretty cool. And um, what happens is um, once once those babies reach sexual maturity, they get shipped off to other zoos to to join their breeding programs. 
and, you know, continue to, you know, increase the populations throughout the, you know, the U.S., you know, uh, with the zoos. So um, it's crazy because, like, there's these, these little babies that are, like, the size of, like, I don't know, like, five-year-olds or some shit. And those are, like, two-year-olds. And then there's ones that are a little smaller, and those are, like, one-year-olds. So it takes a while for them to get to be, like, full-blown gorillas. I mean, there are a lot of, like, people that way. Like, it's not – you know, you see a lot of, like, animals. You know, by the time they're one, that's as big as they're going to get. You know, one to two years old is, like, that's that's a big-ass cat. You know, that's a big-ass – you know, whatever. They generally um, – most animals mature pretty quickly that way. But the primates, they really go on on a slower – you know, growing scale like people. Um, so it, it's fucking crazy, man. But uh, this big one, Ernie, man, he is, I mean, he's fucking crazy impressive. Um, and and he don't fuck around, man. Like Everybody else does their thing. They're out and about. And he didn't come out for most of the time. And I stood there. I stayed there for about an hour and a half. So like I was saying, my main attraction is the gorillas. Um, and, the, you know, the kids get impatient and stuff. So we made this the plan this time. You guys, you know, will walk over there, you know, just leave me there for like an hour and a half. You know what I mean? So that's that's what we did. Stay for like an hour and a half at least over there and then just met up with them afterwards, you know. Um, and I, I was talking to one of the keepers there and he said, Ernie, more or less, like he comes out around like one, one thirty, you know, one thirty, two o'clock. And, um, you know, he'll do his thing. He'll come out and then I'll head back in. Like he, he really, uh, he kind of makes his own schedule, but he don't fuck around for too long. He, he kind of, you know, does his own thing and he likes to, you know, control his, his situation. You know what I mean? Everybody else kind of does what they're doing, um, you know, out for the public and, but he's, you know, he, he's a little personal about his shit. So I was, I was there for a long, long time and kept checking and checking and, you know, I was taking lots and lots of pictures of the gorillas and, uh, just waiting and finally he came out and he came out for like maybe five ten minutes tops and just chilled the fuck out i got some dope pictures of him and then he headed back in but um i, I was real happy to see him because i definitely that 10 minutes could have not happened and uh i wouldn't have got to see him but um he uh i mean those those gorillas man they're fucking hilarious man there's there's some shit that like you know, they do they do <laughs> like some disgusting shit that you just sit back and just watching the people react to the shit that they're doing is is way funnier than actually what they're doing. Like this, uh, this one kept doing this shit where she was fucking, she would throw up all her food like in her hand, and it was like a like a big ass pile of just like brown fucking mush, looked like shit, and <laughs> she would throw up that whole shit in the palm of her hand and sit there and just like eat it like ice cream, like not. <laughs> Like, slowly, like, savoring that shit. Just, like, fucking, and, like, staring motherfuckers right in the eyes while she was doing it. Like, sitting right next to the glass and just, like, staring people in the eyes while she just slowly ate this shit. And as soon as she finished it, she'd tap on her stomach a few times, throw that shit back up in the palm of her hand, and slowly eat that shit. (laughs) And you just watch people losing their motherfucking shit. Trying to, like, oh, my God, like, that shit... That shit was so classically funny. There was another one was just like digging in her nose and eating that shit, and it was just like looking straight in motherfuckers' eyeballs while they <laughs> they lost their mind. The shit was funny as fuck. But um, 
But yeah, man, they're they're so fucking entertaining. The babies, they're like wrestling and like fucking trying to like establish dominance and trying to bite each other. But they're being cool with each other and shit. But they're like like two badass kids that are just like wrestling and shit and pushing each other and funny as hell. And they're trying to like get on the higher branch because that would mean they in charge and shit. It, it's cool as shit. So anyway, um, so after all of that, I got out of there. I still didn't get all my pictures up. I got to, you know, have the time to sit and edit that shit. And by the end of the, the weekend, I'm sure I'll get them all up there. Um, I, it's 90% gorilla pictures this time around, um, which is, you know, mostly what I was going for. But because, um, you know, we were only there a couple of weeks ago, so I didn't need to get pictures of the whole zoo, really. Definitely wanted to see the tigers. And uh, that didn't happen because what happened was we went from there. Then we went over, uh, saw a couple things that we um, – we hit, uh, I think it's Jungle World is called, and at the, in there they got the uh, the the leopards and uh, you know a bunch of different things. And for some reason we missed Jungle World the last time we were there, so we hit that up. And then we waited in this big crazy ass line to get on the monorail, which we also didn't do last time. And it brings you around through a bunch of stuff. And I didn't know they had they have elephants, but it's only on the monorail thing. So we hit the monorail and all this, and uh, man. Uh, Sky's getting a little dark, so we're like, all right, well, all right, sky's getting a little dark, we get off the monorail, and, and by then it, it started to drizzle a little, I'm like, all right, well, look, let's head over, see the tigers, and then, um, you know, and then head out, and uh, the bears were over there, too, so it was like, let's swing, see the bears, tigers, and just be out, well, on the way there, it started like torrential fucking downpouring, like fucking crazy downpouring. And now I got my camera bag and I had to like put that shit like under my shirt in my camera bag. And luckily I brought my bag because most of the time I'll just take like my camera and I'll, um, I'll just put like an extra lens in my back pocket or whatever. Um, this time I was like, fuck it. I'll bring my bag and I could put all my extra shit in there. And, um, luckily I did cause that, probably save my camera because i mean the downpour that this shit was like it soaked through every fucking bit of clothes and i had like fucking you know again i had the camera bag under my shirt and like fucking flipped upside down so it would rain on the bottom side of it um but we went the wrong way because we were trying to find a parking lot and um somebody forgot uh not me uh forgot which parking lot we were in and we went to the wrong fucking parking lot, which was probably like overall the extra amount that we walked was probably a quarter mile in the, a torrential fucking downpour because we had to walk all the way to the other parking lot, which was pretty much past the one that we were actually at and then had to loop back and walk like from that parking lot on the outside to that fucking the one we were, we were actually parked in. And like I said, it was probably a quarter mile in torrential fucking downpour. Um, and, uh, yeah, didn't, didn't get to see the Tigers with all that. And then like, as soon as we get to the car, it pretty much stopped raining. And, uh, then we had to drive home about an hour, hour and a half, probably closer to two hours home soaking motherfucking wet. Everybody in the car just like soaking wet. (laughs) Shit was crazy as hell. But either way, I mean, you still had a great time just because those, I mean, those gorillas are just fucking amazing man i we got the family pass it's like um it's supposed to be like 195 dollars, and uh you know it goes like a year so like from whenever you buy it 
for 12 months. And um, we actually had like a $20 off coupon. So it was like 170 something. When we went with the family um, and we paid for just the one day, this was like a month ago when, when we went, whenever that was, uh, it cost me like 130 plus, and that wasn't that wasn't with parking. I think parking was like another 10 bucks or something like that, and um, so I just say it's like 140 or whatever. Like, and that's just for one go. So this this lasts you an entire fucking you know 12 months. Plus you get the um, if you want to go to New York Aquarium or um, you know any one of those joints. Um, I think like the Central Park Zoo. And, couple other issues that I'm really not that interested in. I'll, I'll hit the New York Aquarium up at some point within the next 12 months. But, um, yeah, I mean, to go as many times as you want, parking included, the whole shit included. I mean, it, you can't fucking beat that. You get three adults because you could bring, you know, the parents plus a guest. And I think, like, four kids or three kids, something like that. But we got the three kids, so yeah, we're all good. Um so yeah, it's well, well worth it. So I'm gonna go a ton in the next twelve months. The fucking uh the Cubs, man, they they just uh they they were up five three and uh Indians came back a little bit or they were up five one and the Indians came back a little bit, made it five three, and then the Cubs just hit a fucking solo home run, so now it's six three. So, uh, I don't know, man. This shit is getting uh, pretty rough for those fucking Indians. But, um, so, yeah, anyway. Um, oh, you know what I learned? Um, if you fucking, uh, on the iPhone, uh, if you listen to podcasts on the iPhone, I don't know why that they have this feature, but they have this feature that you can change the speed that you're listening to it at. And they have half speed. Uh, like one and a half speed and double speed. Now the faster speeds don't do shit for me. Sure, I mean maybe some people are entertained by people sounding like chipmunks or being really fast or whatever, but that's not where the entertainment lies in this. Again, I don't know what these features are for. Maybe the um, the fast speed is for somewhat of like a fast forward. I I don't know, but let me tell you something. This slow speed, this the one half speed on a podcast is the funniest shit you'll ever fucking hear because it makes everybody doing a podcast sound like they're absolutely shit faced. Um, it's the funniest thing ever. Like I, I, I can't get enough of it. Um, I, I tried it with Artie Lang's podcast. I tried it with Adam Carolla's podcast and I tried it with Bill Burr's podcast. It's definitely better if you get a podcast of, you know, those type of dudes that talk a lot of shit and curse a bunch too, because then when they start, then when they're slowed down, it sounds like unmistakably fucking wasted drunk. It, it doesn't sound like just slow. It definitely sounds like the motherfuckers are slow slurring and just angry and cursing and talking shit. It's just the funniest fucking thing ever. You got to try it. Um, I got to actually find a way to record that shit and then play it on the show. Cause I want to play like, like 30 second clips from all these podcasts. I listen to slow down to half speed because I'm telling you it, it's, so fucking entertaining. If I could find a way to do it, um, I'm definitely going to be doing that within the next couple of weeks because this shit is, is fucking classic. And, and, like, it's crazy because you're like, man, 
they must be putting on some kind of act or some must be putting on some kind of affect for them to be sounding like this. And as soon as you hit the button, you just tap that thing again to bring it to normal speed. They're talking like any other time they they would be talking. But when when you slow it down to half speed, I'm sure it's me half speed is fucking ridiculous. It just sounds like my old shows though, because I used to be fucking shit faced while I was doing the show. So it would just sound like old Yakuza Kick Radio. Um, but uh, yeah, I like I said, I, I would definitely go with some of those other guys who are actually really really good at podcasting and stuff like that because um, you know, professional comedians. And slow that shit down to half speed and just laugh your motherfucking ass off because uh, it is fucking classic. So now, um, look, I'm going to go back to something that I had planned to do lots of, and um, I uh, had kind of forgot. <laughs> I did the one show, the one, uh, what the fuck did I do? The Delaware Invasion, I think I did. Whatever the uh, first CZW show of 2001 was. And I had planned to go back to it, and I never got around to it, and then I kind of forgot. I have a ton of fucking wrestling to watch, and I just haven't gotten around to it. Um, And uh, so anyway, my first CZW show I ever attended was February 2001, Crushing the Competition. And I went back and watched it between last night and tonight. So here's uh, my rundown of it. Um, Now... To give you a little backstory on on how I got into CZW, although if you listen to the show, you probably heard this a million times, but I watched Trent Acid, Johnny Cashmere, the Backseat Boys versus Rick Blade and Nick Burke in um, Tom Server, New Jersey, in a ladder match for I believe it was uh, Big Buck Promotions. This was before they became Phoenix Championship Wrestling. It was for Donnie B's Wrestling Federation. And uh, they absolutely fucking killed it. I was a fan of the the Hardy Boys versus the Edge and Christian type deal, the the ladder matches they were doing. And the stuff that these guys were doing in the ring was just blowing that TV shit out of the water. They were doing it for fucking 50 people. And just doing shit that was like tremendously risky, crazy scary spots all over the place. And, like, completely comfortable with doing this shit. Like, it it didn't look like guys were just fucking up. They they looked like they were absolute pros at doing this this crazy style of, you know. I mean, that to me, that Edge and Christian Hardy Boys ladder matches were just fucking bananas. When I was watching that shit on TV and seeing it, they were doing spots that, to me, were unheard of. Um, And then they just fucking, these guys just took it to another level. And, um, you know, I mean, you know, Blade had the swanton and he was doing that shit like in ways that, you know, Jeff Hardy wouldn't do. Like he was doing, uh, you know, like topes with that shit, like onto a ladder on the outside, just, just him and the fucking ladder. You know, Cashmere would be on the ladder and Cashmere would move and Rick Blade in front of 50 fucking people would just swanton over the ropes onto a fucking ladder just on the floor, you know, in between two chairs and shit. Like, just just crazy shit like that. So after the show, you know, I was talking to Trent and Johnny, and they were like, look, you like this shit, man. You got to see CZW. You know, you know, uh, you watch ECW. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I watched some ECW. And he's like, well, you know, uh, two weeks, I think it was, something like that, uh, or in a couple weeks or a month, whatever the, the time span was. Coming up. Well, yeah, we got this thing in Sewell, New Jersey. I don't even know where the fuck Sewell is. 
And um, you had to look up MapQuest back then. There was no even you know, crazy Google Maps app and all the navigation. I didn't have a fucking GPS. Um, but um, so he's like, yeah, you know, they got fucking Tajiri and super crazy and, and uh, they're coming out and, and all this. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you know, who's their world champion over here? He's like, oh, this guy, Justice Payne, he's good, you know. Blah, blah, blah. And uh, he's, he's going to be wrestling to Jerry. And I'm like, oh, fuck, man. Like, I'll definitely check this shit out. So we ended up uh, going out there and checking it out. We got crazy fucking lost driving around fucking Sewell, New Jersey for like fucking uh, what felt like ever. Um, blunts in the car and shit. We ended up asking a fucking cop to help us. The fucking car was all smoked the fuck out. And, um, a cop fucking escorts us finally after we drove around the town for like at least a half hour. And we're asking people, do you know where Champs Arena is? They're like, Champs in the mall? And I'm like, no, the fucking, you know, the thing. We finally find like a sports complex and it's like ice skating and fucking this and that. Everything but a fucking soccer arena. So it was like, no matter where we went, we couldn't find it. We passed Girk's Deli like fucking 12 times. And uh, at one point, I, I think I said, uh, you know, if we pass this fucking deli again, I'm going to burn it to the ground. Um, yeah. uh, luckily, we did not pass the deli again, nor did I plan on burning any buildings down. But um, so we ended up there and um, fucking, um, yeah, the show starts out. Um, so now I'll just go into the review or whatever. Um, show starts out to Jerry versus Super Crazy, which is, you know. They were tearing it up in ECW. That fucking that feud that they were doing was just fucking crazy. Um, they were just fucking tearing it up, and uh, that was that was how the show started. To Jerry versus Super Crazy, fucking tearing it up in the ring, and you know everybody was familiar with this this uh, pairing, so it was just you know a reoccurring dream match, and um, that was it. And then the match was broken up by Nick Mondo. And, uh, you know, the justice pain got involved and all that. And, you know, it broke the whole thing up. So that, then we came into the second match, which was John Dahmer versus Eddie Valentine uh, versus Jeff Rocker. Jeff Rocker was fucking horrible. I mean, just horrible. Um, he, he was a big jacked up dude. Um, in, the, in the face, he looked retarded. Um, like he, he, he could, he didn't seem like he knew how to like pull his lips down over his gums. Like he, he had some kind of dysfunction going on there. Um, it, you know, Jeff Rocker ended up getting to win with a uh, bar cam as the interference. And, um, yeah, this, this was, uh, <sighs> Yeah, Dahmer, Dahmer was really good. Um, I always liked Dahmer. Dahmer was able to really pull shit together, but uh, Jeff Rocker was bad. Valentine was pretty bad, too. Uh, he kind of came into his own later on when they had the whole VD and everything else, but to me, uh, he, he didn't start off very good either. Very robotic and, um, you know. So, anyway, after the match, uh, they had Pastor, the Pastor Jim show with Natasha and, and Rocker, and Pastor Jim, man, there's a reason why this guy's a fan. Like he was a, you know, he he was a manager, you know, mouthpiece type guy. Did a lot of you know segments and stuff like that. And there's a reason why he's he's a ringside fan at this point. Um, he he was not very good. Um, 
I mean, he wasn't supposed to be a likable character, but uh, I don't think he he offered a whole lot. Um, again, you know, he, he tends to shows now, which is, you know, I mean, if you were in the business for and clearly available for the shows, um, you know, 15 years later, he'd probably be some form of mouthpiece or commentator or something, and he's none of these things. So, um, you know. I mean, it is what it is. But uh, so anyway, um, Pastor Jim is doing the show and he's he's interviewing Jeff Rocker. Trent Acid comes out with uh, Z-Bar. And it, here, here's how bad Jeff Rocker is, too. Trent gets on the mic and tells him, get the fuck out of my ring. And he just leaves. <laughs> he's this big jacked up dude. Trent comes in and he's like, get the fuck out of my ring. And you just don't see Jeff Rocker again. He just leaves. He doesn't like, hey, fuck you. Doesn't hey, don't talk to me like that. He just fucking leaves. He's gone. <laughs> it's funny shit. Um. So then, um, after that, the next matchup is uh, Ruckus versus Rebel, and the, the Rock and Rebel comes out with a super racist gimmick, uh, with a very young Chris Cash, and uh, you know, being one of his like uh, sidekick lackey guys, and uh, I mean, the dude has. A bucket of Bisquick, um, like a Home Depot bucket of Bisquick, you know, and um, a fried chicken in a bag. And, I, I mean, just as racist as you can get. And, you know, he's cutting all the, you know, racist promo and all of that. And then, you know, Ruckus comes out. And anytime you watch old Ruckus, you remember, like, how big he was and how fucking insanely impressive his ring work was because, I mean, he was just doing shit. He was doing shit then that he doesn't really do now. Like, and I, you know, I'm sure I would imagine that he still can, but I mean, like he was doing like handspring fucking moonsaults to the outside, like handspring the ring, fucking moonsault over the rope to the outside. Like, and and the dude was so much fucking heavier. He was doing these fucking wall flip moonsaults where he'd run up the wall and fucking moonsault. Um, it, just, just crazy fucking shit he was doing. It, he was always a bad motherfucker, man. He just, you know, I mean, th- this was a lot of fun just because of what it was. Uh, but uh, Rebel <laughs> fucking wins by pouring the bucket of fucking Bisquick over Ruckus's head and then hitting him in the fucking clothesline with a clothesline followed by more racism. And then, uh, that's the end of that segment. Um, next match is, uh, Joel Maximo and red versus the Briscoe brothers. Now fucking remember at this time, Jay Briscoe was 17 years old and Mark Briscoe was 16. And at this point, fucking Mark Briscoe was doing a better moonsault at 16 years old than half of the fucking Indies is doing right now. Like, fucking insanity. Like, the thing, too, is, you know, whether this was, you know, uh, you know, extremely smooth match or not. I mean, they were doing such innovative shit. Red is one of those guys that, like, should never stop getting credit. Yeah, I know he's doing huge things over there with House of Glory and everything else, but, like, this dude should never stop getting credit for being one of the fucking pioneers of what high-flying and and cruiserweight wrestling is 
on the indies and and even now that it's stepped up to the level of the WWE and, and that type of thing he revolutionized what fucking high flying wrestling was i mean the the building blocks and and the things that he put in place with the fucking standing star presses and just the the creativity you know and the lucha libre fucking wrestling that he was doing and and the maximos you know brought tons of fucking innovation in and um you know this this was just a lot of fun man you just saw young motherfuckers who were really going to make a huge impact in the business the briscoes are still making a huge impact in the fucking business and now you know through what red is bringing into the business the the knowledge he's passed forward that we see the fucking guys like fucking smiley and fucking um the 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 fucking private party and fucking uh you know, all of these motherfuckers, man, it's insane. And, um, you know, it, it's just crazy to see 15 years ago, Red was so fucking young. And the Briscoes, man, they looked like whole different motherfuckers than what they look like now. They were, nobody was jacked up at all. And, um, yeah, man, I mean, these, these kids were just willing to fucking go all the fuck out. And, um, yeah, man, very entertaining. Uh, next up was... um. Mondo versus Rick Signic Mondo versus Rick Blade versus Super Crazy in a three-way ladder match. This is just fucking bananas, man. And you know, Rick Blade, I mean, maybe he gets some criticism, you know, for not being a super smooth guy. He botched a lot of stuff, but when it came right down to it, he was one of the most entertaining fucking wrestlers that I've ever watched. Because again, he was a guy who was willing to fucking risk it all. He was willing to go above and beyond these fucking swantons that he pulled to the floor. Just fucking bananas. I mean, just just absolutely fucking crazy. Uh, the star press that he used to do was probably the most dangerous thing in the fucking world. I, I never understood why he would do it. Um, he would almost die almost every time he did it. And he, he, the dude would just continue to fucking do it. But, but this match, man, and Mondo too. Mondo was another guy that just fucking just died <laughs> he just this dude took like a backdrop from the ring to the outside on a ladder that was set up on chairs and like it barely caught the fucking ladder and then it was just like the concrete floor you know I, I mean holy shit man just stiff as fuck just just crazy crazy shit and uh you know super crazy was super crazy he was he was that dude man he was doing those fucking nutty moon salts and um uh, Zandig blamed him for being the uh, the reason why wrestling had gotten so much crazier with the false counts and all of that. Just because, you know, it went from a moonsault being a finish to super crazy doing three moonsaults to being a finish. You know, um, I don't know that he solely blamed him, but he definitely used him as an example. But, uh, you know, what a, what a great guy to put in with these two guys that were, were CZW guys. They were, they were guys that, Again, we're going all out, putting their bodies on the line. Then to have that that lucha veteran in there, that super crazy who was tearing it up on the on the big scene, doing shit in ECW, and um, to tear it up in a three way with those guys, I enjoyed this match a ton. And um, Mondo and Blade had a great fucking feud, so that was uh, that was how that match went. Uh, next up was um, Trent Acid versus Nick Burke. 
this match was a lot of fun. This is, um, you know, Burke, he, to me, he was a great opponent. He was, um, to me, he was never a superstar. He was never a type of guy who, um, you know, would shine by himself. He would not be the attraction. Um, but he was a, a good opponent. You know, if he was up against greatness, you know, great guys like Trent, and, you know, he would play a great opponent to that, that guy. Um, that's, that's what I feel like he was always good for. And, like, him and Trent would gel really well and, you know, a bunch of different guys that he'd be able to work real well with, he just wouldn't be the attraction. He would he would uh, help pull that match together, you know, with another guy that was really great. Um, I, I think Nick Burke's a complete piece of shit of a person. Um, I really – I cannot stress enough how much of an asshole I think he is. But um, that that's my thoughts on, on him as a, as a wrestler. And uh, this match was a lot of fun, man. The chair spots and shit all over the place. That's the thing, too, is – you don't see as much of that anymore. Um, it seems like there's, there's the line is kind of blurred. Um, it used to just be, there was so much of that in so many of the matches and, you know, it wasn't, again, it wasn't, you know, top to bottom that. And I don't know if this turned into, you know, the, the hype and the thought that every match was a death match on CZW. Now half the time when there's chairs involved and there's there's tables involved, next thing you know there's carpet strips or there's there's uh, barbed wire and there's this and there's that. But there was so much hardcore that would be implemented within a card that didn't need to be death match. There was only one thing that you would actually label as death match on this card, and everything else was normal everyday fucking wrestling. You know, some of it taken to the next level, but, you know, with the innovation and the, you know, amazing red and the briscoes and all of that stuff. But, you know, the chair spots that would be added to, like, the this, this type of match were just so fucking innovative and, and, you know, creative and they were able to do things. And you didn't have a bunch of people screaming, you know, we want fucking barbed wire and, you know, set the fucking chairs on fire. These dudes were doing fucking crazy spots all over the fucking place. But that that's what it was. And uh, nobody was really expecting more or anything like that. I mean, again, the bumps that were taken were fucking crazy. But this match was a lot of fun. Definitely something to, to see, you know, especially that, that young Trent Acid um, doing his thing out there. And, uh, you know... Um, Next up was, uh, this was the death match of the show. And, um, this was one of those things that caught me, you know, complete shock and awe. Cause I had never seen anything like this live before. Um, ECW had done some pretty crazy stuff, but I never attended an ECW show ever. Um, I just, I never had the transportation to something like that. I would watch some ECW stuff and, you know, late at night. It, shit was on at like two in the morning where I was at, and uh, that that was about the most that I could catch it. Every once in a while, someone would have a VHS or something of uh, you know the pay per view, and I caught a few of them down um, down the end stretch as far as the pay per views. But um, I, I really wasn't immersed in ECW the way that a lot of the people, especially the people in Philly, were lucky enough to be you know had access to because I just didn't I didn't have that type of 
transportation or even that many people that were that into wrestling to be like, yeah, let's go to, I didn't go to anything back then. So, um, so I had never seen anything like this live at all. And these guys were completely unknown. I didn't know a single fucking guy in this match. So it was, it was going in completely blind. Um, and this match was Lobo, Nate Hatred, Wife Beater, Lord Everett DeVore, and Madman Tondo. And it was for the Iron Man title. And um, this this was just fucking crazy. You know, it was, uh, I think it was labeled as like a battle royal or something like that. Um, the title was held up above which was like a, it was like a ref's chair because it was an indoor soccer arena, champs indoor soccer arena. And it was like, uh, you know, those, those wooden rec chairs that they have that are on the sides um, hung up above that was the Iron Man title. And um, just fucking crazy, crazy bumps throughout this match. Tondo hitting people with stop signs, which I've never fucking seen before. Um, and, um, I mean, the, the big finish, which was just unfucking forgettable to me, because, again, n- having not seen anything like this before, and all of a sudden, tables are stacked up under this fucking ref chair thing, wrapped in fucking barbed wire, barbed wire all over this stuff, and the fucking tables are doused in fucking lighter fluid and lit on fire. Wife Beater's got Lobo pressed above his head. Lobo grabs the fucking belt off of the fucking thing while he's being gorilla pressed up. Fucking Wife Beater throws him off the fucking thing, and Lobo clutches the fucking title and fucking falls through the bar flaming barbed wire tables and is fucking holding this title while they're trying to yank him off the fucking burning barbed wire tables. And he's stuck to it because it's barbed wire. And just some of the craziest shit I ever saw live. I I mean, that was like, holy fuck, man. Why, why was I not coming to this before? Like, how did I not know about this? Like, it was just the craziest fucking thing I ever saw. So that, that hooked me in, you know, seeing the innovation that, you know, Joel, Red, and the Briscoes were doing, Mondo, Blade, Super Crazy, Trent, all of this stuff that was going on, and then added this level of violence. I, this, this fucking hooked me in. And then you had your main event, Justice Payne versus Tajiri. Now, I don't know, like, the thing is, is, I tend to think that people are a little too harsh on Justice Payne. A lot of wrestlers especially think he's just the worst wrestler on the planet ever. Um, as as a fan, I was, I was a fan of him. Um, now, you know, yeah, I wouldn't say he was the most technically sound wrestler ever, but, I mean, his match against Tajiri I thought was great. I had a lot of fun with it. There wasn't anything about the match that I was like, oh, this fucking thing is terrible. I, I mean, I loved it. I mean, it was... It was, you know, they brawled all over the place. They did some great stuff in the ring. Like, it didn't fall apart at any point. And then, uh, you know, the match came to uh, the hate club at the time was Justice Payne and Wife Beater. And, you know, and Max Mack and uh, Dado Mack was part of it. And uh, Justin Case, 
But anyway, uh, Wife Beater and Justice Payne start teaming up on uh, Tajiri, and they're going to fucking take him out. And next thing you know, fucking Mikey Whipcrack. Mikey Whipcrack comes out for the save. So now him and Tajiri are in there, and they fucking get the advantage. And so that, that ends the the match and, you know, no, uh, no contest or whatever, but, um, you know, Zandig was in Japan at the time. So they had like the angle where the hate club was taken over, you know, uh, it was like Zandig versus the hate club, more or less. Zandig was the big deals with Trent acid. And, uh, and, uh, so the whole gimmick was like, all right, yeah, I knew you were going to do this shit. And even back then, you know, the production was so much fucking better. This is 15 years ago. And they had something set up where fucking John Zandig was in Japan and had a recorded segment to pop up on the screen when this happened saying, I knew you motherfuckers were going to do this shit. You know, uh, you know, because Justice Payne says, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll fucking fight you two, us versus you guys. Oh, wait, Tajiri's not going to be there. This is his last fucking show in CZW. Oh, I guess you're fucked, Mikey, and this and that. And, again, pre-recorded fucking segment, John Zandig on the fucking screen going, oh, yeah, motherfucker, well, I got a, I got a backup plan for you. This crazy motherfucker's going to be there, and he plays the fucking clip of Balls Mahoney. Balls Mahoney's coming into CZW, which uh, I guess something happened where um, Whipwreck wasn't able to be there, so it ended up being just uh, Balls Mahoney versus Wife Beater. But, um, you know, this, this is what I mean. Like, some, some small things like that, we're still like, look, there's, you know, things on the production end that are a million times better than they are now or are now than they were then, of course, because things, you know, advance. But at the same token, man, just simple shit like that that pulled storylines together. There was more attention to a storyline and to what the fuck made sense than way more so than now, which is completely, to me, unexcusable. Another thing I noticed during this, and I think I'm going to continue to notice and, you know, be pretty annoyed by, but I think... um there's two sides to uh, Eric Gargiulo and John House. Now, on one side of things, people would say that they're be- the best commentators that CZW ever had. Um, fundamentally, as far as playing heel and face and really investing themselves in what CZW was all about, treating the product as the best fucking thing going, um, making, you know, uh, mention of things that happen outside of the company. But as far as what that company meant, the way th- those two guys talked, they talked as if that was the only fucking thing that ever mattered. And um, for that, they were fucking awesome. On the other side of things, <coughs> they were pretty fucking horrible because there was no in-between. It was pretty much screaming at the top of their lungs for four fucking hours. So when you watch the show and you had, you know, the face commentator and the heel commentator just yelling at the top of their lungs for the entire fucking show, that's fucking annoying. It's difficult to pay attention to. Um, it's definitely hard to to tolerate for that length of time. Um, it's one thing, you know, if some wild shit goes down, you know, and, you know, you want to get excited, but 
the yelling went on pretty much start to fucking finish. I mean, you, you don't need fucking commentators to yell at you for the whole show. And you don't. And I know that, you know, they, they took the cue from what uh, Joey Styles was doing and, and, you know, kind of ran with that ball on both ends. But um, I don't know. I think it was very overdone. I think that there's definitely like a, a medium. And it was just a little much. So, um, again, you know, for what they invested in, because that was the thing to me that always made, like, the, the Bobby the Brain Heen one of the most entertaining fucking commentators ever was he would invest so much in the fucking heels that, like, no matter what they fucking did, he would fucking stick up for it and fucking, you know, trash the other announcer is like, he didn't know any fucking thing because the only right way was the way that the heels were doing it and, like, justified everything they were doing. And I, you just fucking love that. You love having that fucking heel commentator that immerses themselves in the fucking kayfabe of it. And then the other guy who's, you know, really calling the shit and giving you more of the facts of here and there and everything else. And I'm not a big kayfabe guy. But I think the commentators... To at least at least the heel commentator to be way more invested in that side of the storyline of things. Again, I mean, when you really don't have much of a storyline and month in and month out, you can't connect one to the next and everything, and there's just no um, attention to detail, then it's pointless to even talk about. Um, so it's not as easy as one of these CZW commentators just playing a tremendous heel and investing in that because when it comes down to it, the storylines are just so fucking, like I said, um, the John Zandig, John Zandig fucking takeover and then he's gone. Now Ian's in, now it's CZW versus IWA, now he's gone, now John says he's going to be a Cajun Jessica, and now Ian's gone, I, I mean just. Who fucking knows what's going on? I know a lot of that's out of, you know, beyond their control, but fuck, man. There's nothing you can do with commentators that's going to make that. uh, This fucking guy's name is Coco Crisp. And he does some shit. Uh, So it's 6-3 Cubs right now, bottom of the seventh. Um, And, uh, you know, Cleveland's up, down three points. I guess uh, we'll see what goes on here, man. Uh, any anything can happen, as Homicide said. Um, dude, you know, a lot of times, man, they get they get under that fucking ball, man. It looks like they could pan out to the outfield, and the shit could be fucking home run almost every time. And you pan out, and it's like a shallow fly. But when they fucking get that swing going, man, it looks like it could fucking leave the ballpark. You should get some alternate footage and trick the fans and, like, fucking switch to the other camera and it's gone. Like, oh, my bad. Wrong footage. That was, that was a shallow fly. They'd probably get some riots going in Chicago with that, though. Um, so, anyway, um, I think that's about all I got. Uh, check out the Hot Tag Podcast. They do their fucking thing over there. Check out the sports event. I'm sure they're going wild over this. I don't even know if they're doing anything tonight because, obviously, the World Series is on. And uh, they're probably uh, way more locked into this than I am. I'm casually watching this and not really giving a fuck one way or another. I've seen um, Major League and I've heard about the GOAT. So that's all I got.
And, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I think Chicago is going to set the fucking city on fire, whether they win or lose. So I don't know if that's a better thing um, for them to win. Uh, I guess I guess they'll smile while setting cars on fire after this game if they win. Um, so, yeah. Um, big fucking news as far as next week goes. Um, Jersey All-Pro is we are under two weeks out from Jersey All-Pro. 20-year anniversary show. Oh, one match that uh, Homicide forgot to mention, which is a big one. Alberto Del Rio or Alberto El Patron versus Sammy Callahan. That's a fucking big one. Um, So, yeah. um, And the the best of the light heavyweight match. Um, So, going into this show... I'm going to have a really big fucking Yakuza Kick Radio next week. I'm going to have two guests. I'm not going to have a whole lot more to talk about. I'm going to be doing two interviews back-to-back. And two guys that I've been wanting to interview for fucking years, and I've just not been able to land them as fucking interviews. And the first of which will be Dan Moff, one half of the Hit Squad. I've talked to Monster Mac before. And I've always wanted to interview Dan Moff. I've been a fan for a long time. He's another one of the guys going into the Jersey All-Pro Hall of Fame. And I'm going to be talking to Dan Moff. Following that, I will be talking to the good guy, Azriel, another guy who I've been a big fan of for years. Never got a chance to talk to him on the podcast. And I'm very, very excited about next week's show. So I got Moff and Azriel back-to-back interviews. They're going to be a lot of fun to talk to. Very highly anticipated interviews for me. And um, what a great way to go into Jersey All Pro's 20-year anniversary show, but to get two huge guests, big parts of that Jersey All Pro anniversary show, one quarter of the main event and Hall of Fame ceremony in Dan Moff, and then a competitor for the Jersey All-Pro light heavyweight title in the best of the light heavyweights match, former light heavyweight champion, Azriel. So tune in to next week, Yakuza Kick Radio, as always, man. Um, I don't know if I fucking missed anything this week. And then by next week, we'll also know who the fucking next president's going to be and shit, man. You know... It's uh I, I can I just can't imagine Donald Trump being president. I, I just can't. I guess anything's fucking possible, but um I don't know. Just sounds fucking crazy, crazy shit to me. But um so it is what it is. Um I think that's all I got. See you out next week. Peace. I love all of y'all and uh shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So... What I make you good? Black cheese tell me tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta say because you be blazing people, and I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs>
You just know how to hide me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. The Cusa Kid Radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the back guy. I'm going to tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no food. 